When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the CHGO Fire Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code CHGO when you sign up. It has been a busy couple of weeks, two weeks, four games, and we've got a lot to get through. And to do that, I am joined once again by Joe Chats of ONTAP Sportsnet. Joe, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you here as we get through what have been a wild couple of weeks of Chicago Fire Soccer. Too much craziness. Ready to break it down because this team just gives you every emotion in a two-hour period. They really do. And the thing we were talking about off-air is... It feels like there's been a lot of positives recently, Jordan Shakiri maybe being the biggest of them, and yet the results are basically exactly the same. The Fire in the last two weeks played four games, won one, lost one, and drew the other two, both in 3-3 craziness. But we're going to get right into it here, Joe, because we got a lot to get through. This first game we'll probably spend the least amount of time on. That is Fire 1, Charlotte 2 uh, these games were both a mess last year between these two teams, but it looked a little more composed early on as Charlotte dominated the early exchanges, couldn't turn their possession into anything, and then here's the first Shakiri reference of what will be many in this show. The Fire Force a turnover, a great through ball by Shakiri, and for what feels like the 10th time this season, Casper Shabilko screws up a one-on-one, gets very lucky though in that the keeper just palms the rebound right at his feet. Casper scores 1-0, so there, there's a positive and a negative on this goal. Yep. The first one is, it was a sign of things to come from Shakiri, who this was the first of this series of games where we see him dropping a bit deeper, playing these balls through. And, you know, given Casper's limited um, pace, shall we say, to time a through ball to get him into that sort of space is an impressive pass. Yeah, and he they were both thrilled about it. It was a fabulous pass. I mean, we're seeing... Shakiri, we've all kind of been promised with the way he feeds the ball when he seemingly isn't even looking for it. But Shabilko had the wide open breakaway. Very fortunate, as you said. He had so much space, and if he had just cut kind of to his left, a stronger foot, I think he really could have created a wide open shot. Fortunately, it, it worked out, but it was really the only positive, and I can tell you the players did not like that turf at all in Charlotte. It was not great. And... Uh, Brandon Cambridge. Brandon Cambridge. What a second half for the 21-year-old. He ends up scoring both goals, and we'll get to that in a moment. But before we get into Brandon Cambridge, what I actually want to talk about is there was a lot of yellow cards in this game. Oh, my gosh. This was a feisty game. Somehow, Capetti, the number nine for Charlotte, never got one. And I I hope something was said because this was an all-female officiating crew, something that's becoming more and more common in the men's game. And it was pretty obvious that the Charlotte players did not have any respect for these officials. And, you know, credit to the officials for managing this game, I think, as well as they could have. Lots of yellow cards for dissent were thrown out. Again, I'm not sure how Capetti didn't get one of them, but this was a feisty, feisty game. The Charlotte team is a team that plays really hard. The Fire are committing a lot of fouls recently. So just wanted to, you know, we say a lot of negative things sometimes about officiating, and we're going to get to some negative officiating in a short amount of time here in our next game. But I think it's credit where it's due here for these officials, for especially the center referee in this game. She was giving it right back to the Charlotte players, and that's reassuring to see when players are behaving in the way some of these Charlotte FC players were. Yeah, it it was a tough game, and... and because of it, the ref had to kind of change how she was refereeing later on. I know mm-hmm. uh, when Goody came on, he or in the first half, he had a yellow card because he slipped and lost his uh, footing. And the ref's like, I just had to calm down the game. You know, yeah. it is what it is. And he handled it with that kind of pressure. But it was a tough game. It's a weird place to play a big stadium like we're used to. But the turf, not great. Not yeah, that, that NFL turf in Charlotte has not been updated in the way a lot of the other NFL turf stadiums have. It's still very astroturfy, gets very bouncy, ball runs a lot. But yeah, let's get to the Brandon Cambridge goals. We're going to look at the first of what's going to be several um, several looks at some Chicago Fire defensive airs. This is going to be, this first one's going to be against Charlotte. And we've got a circle here around 
three Charlotte players and just Miguel Navarro for those watching on YouTube. Everybody has been sucked to the middle of the field. Miguel Navarro is on an island here with three players. He gets sucked to the player nearest the ball, which leaves two players, including Cambridge, wide open on the back end. He ends up scoring. This is going to be a theme of these two weeks, Joe. I think teams are starting to figure out that if you overload the left side of the Fire's defense, you're going to get a lot of chances there. And Charlotte ended up doing this twice in this game. And it's it's only going to continue as the fire are really, at all levels, this goes down to fire two as well, they really care about their wingbacks pressing up, especially to create counterattacks. It's what's helped generate some of these goals of late is that they're really pressing up, be it Navarro. We've seen Haile Selassie drop all the way back to wingback a couple times the last few weeks, and that's also helped with his scoring. But... It's really been tough. This is where you kind of needed a Johnny Dean to be healthy because he's just willing to get in those dirty areas and potentially take that foul at the edge of the area. Uh, but he's been out, and it's really tough. Uh, Aceves, as we're going to get into it, has really struggled at those back post uh, changes. Navarro, you know, when it's three on one, there's only so much you can do. And then you're relying on Gutierrez to come back. And if you want him to play a full 90, he can't be traveling back and forth that entire time. So it's really tough yeah. being able to do that. It's not like we can blame Brady for many of these goals, if any. Yeah, th th there was a lot of goals scored against the fire in the last two weeks. I don't think you can nope. blame Chris Brady for literally nope. any of them. Nope, nope, nope. So there's... <laughs> There's at least that positive where the goals make sense, but this game and Brandon Cambridge just was able to get a step and it was always a two on one and then it seemed or a three on one and it seemed like whoever the wingback was would drop onto the other guy assuming Cambridge would pass it off and MLS rookie gets his first two goals. Yeah, the, the second goal is almost an exact copy. Yep. It is Alonzo Aceves in the Miguel Navarro role. Uh, it's tough because Mauricio Pineda tried to win a header. He ended up flicking it right to Brandon yep. Cambridge, not out of play. Aceves, like Navarro before him, is one on two. Winless position. So Charlotte wins that first game two to one. A tough lead blown on the road. But one of those games where you felt like, you know what? The other team played pretty well. Fire made a couple of lapses. So you can understand the result and you can, I think, fairly be at peace with, OK, that's not a loss we're proud of, but the mistakes are identifiable. We can move on. from. This. Yeah, and it's a good team. You're on the road is a long week. You had to worry about Open Cup going into it as well after the emotions of playing against St. Louis twice in a week. Right. So it, you're entitled to have that. There were the injuries, no Dean, no Mueller, no Tehran, which I think the Tehran thing really does matter mm -hmm. in these uh, changes. But it's just. It's about making it crisp, and they just haven't done it, but it's slowly getting there because they're scoring more goals, too. Yeah, speaking of goals, Chicago Fire 3, Atlanta 3. We're going to spend some time here because I, I, I really do feel like the only way to describe this 90 minutes of soccer is absolutely batshit insane. Yep. Uh, the only change for the lineup in the fire was Herbers went into midfield alongside Fetty Navarro because Gaston Jimenez received his fifth yellow card of the season against Charlotte and thus was suspended. Uh, this game almost starts with a bang after more good Shakiri movement and Halle Selassie throwing a good cross in. Rafa Shihos is, for some reason, trying to play as a striker and he just absolutely thunders a volley off the crossbar. On the one hand, I do love that Rafa Shihos wants to contribute on offense. On the other hand, especially without Carlos Turan partnering him and the Fire's noted defensive issues, not sure I love your captain and center back being 80 yards away from where he is supposed to be in this kind of situation. It's because it's not like this was off a set piece. Nope. This was, I think Gutierrez had been pulled yep. deep for some reason. And Shios is just like, screw it, I'm going. Yeah, no, I rewatched this this morning and I, the entire time I'm like, wait, this is Shios who got the opportunity? Because it makes absolutely no sense given the run of play. And I think this becomes the conversation of what kind of team do the fire want to be going on? Do you want to be playing 3-3 games or do you want to be playing 1-0 games? If you want to be playing 1-0, then Shios can't be doing it. But somehow he's finding the net he's getting close he he finds the right spot it's using his football iq but whoo that was a rocket you could hear it in the press box just through the glass an absolute rocket off the underside of the bar that soldier field was ready to go into a frenzy yeah we'll get to his goal of the week uh in a little bit but i think he's the second highest scorer on this team behind yes. uh yes. kai kamara which is uh both good and very bad yes. um Anyway, next we get to really the moment of this game. 26th minute, Arno Suke with a bad pass inside, gives the ball away to Miguel Berry, and Miguel Navarro, no, excuse me, Fetty Navarro 
is shown his second yellow card. He picked one up in the third minute. Yep. Gets a second here in the 26th. Um, there is certainly contact on Miguel Berry, but I'm not sure any of it is made by Fetty Navarro. No. Uh, Mauricio Pineda, if anyone, is the one who commits the foul. Yep. Navarro, I don't think, made any contact. Maybe the slightest. No way he should get a yellow card here. This is just a bad call. Barry was also definitely looking to go down because he had overhit his touch a yep. bit and was surrounded. Um, and, of course, unfortunately for the fire, and I think there's a good debate to be had here, none of this play is reviewable because it's a yellow card and not a straight red. Yep. If, if, if somehow in here there was a straight red and you could go to replay and see that, oh, actually, Fetty makes no contact. You can overturn that. Also, and I had a couple of people ask me about this, and we agreed to disagree about mistaken identity. Mistaken identity is when you give a card to the player you didn't intend to give it to. Yep. The ref very much thought Fetty Navarro made a foul yes. here, and the ref was just incorrect about that. So this is just an unfortunate bad call. Nothing you could do, but it really does set the tone for the rest of the game, and... You know, we'll talk more about Fetty later, but this is just this is a tough situation where it all comes from a giveaway in your own end. And it's again, just the fire seems like they're cutting down on the number of mistakes at the back. But when they do make them, man, they're costly. They really are. And this one stunk because Navarro's back was to the ref. So it was kind of blocking where his feet were. And mm -hmm. we can get more into it. He's been a little over aggressive for my liking of late. Uh, though he does provide a great energy for the team at that pivot role. Mm -hmm. The guys love playing with him. He doesn't speak as much as you'd think, but he really brings that passion, that edge. And He buzzes. He's so fun to be around and watching him in the pitch. He really warms up well, and he does it, but it wasn't the best play against... Barry, I mean, if there's one person I'm going to let take that shot off the cut, it's going to be Miguel Barry. Because the three people playing in the attacking midfield line behind him are all absolutely terrifying. Yep. Speaking of which, Atlanta <laughs> immediately score off the ensuing free kick, and we've got another picture of bad fire defense mm -hmm. here. This is a Tiago Almada free kick, so you can see Tiago Almada here. He's over the ball, and we've got the line there from Fabian Herbers is on the far side here, and he is staring right at Tiago Almada, and two Herbers is left is former fire draft pick, which makes this hurt more, Andrew yep. Gutman, who is putting his arms up to say, hey, they already took a look at me and have decided they're not going to mark me. So what ends up happening is Almada, Almada versus Brady was like the story of this game because the fire kept giving away free kicks like 25 yards from goal, like this one. Yep. Brady does great on the free kick here, gets down to his left, um, palms it away, but then of course what happens is uh, he makes the save, and then Fabian Herbers does not move. Nope. Gutman ends up three feet from the goal. It's a tap-in. It's 1-0 Atlanta. Um, just and Well, I guess we'll talk about this now. Tiago Almada should not be in Major League Soccer. No, and no, that no, is no. no offense to Major League no. Soccer. That dude's got a World Cup ring. I, he, he, like, for just, for everybody's sake, that dude better be out of here the day the transfer window opens because, holy cow, he's, he's just too good to be here. He's too good to be in MLS, and every time he stepped over the ball against Chicago, you could just see the way the tension rose on the field because everyone was aware of it. Brady's focused on it, and that's what happens on the Gutman goal. You, you know, you've got to... Pick your poison, right? You have to pick either am I going to worry about Almada or Gutman. No one's going to be mad if you're focusing on Almada. Now, giving up a goal to a Hinsdale guy, I guess it's mm. the nice thing to do. But again, coming off the backside, going down a man, Herbers leaves a lot to be desired, <laughs> uh, uh, to be kind. I, I very much like Fabi, but that was not a great one from him. No. Nope. Uh, yeah, he's one of these guys, give him his set position, and then I think he can thrive. But until then, he's just been in this jack-of-all-trades role, and I can imagine on set pieces, that's really where it gets most complicated. Yeah, we talked about this on the last show, and you saw it this week when he was played in both spots. Yep. Fabian Herbers, attacking midfielder wing, fine. Fabian yep. Herbers asked to defend, not so much. Nope. Uh, 42nd minute, the fire get a gift. I'm calling this a Jordan Shakiri Olympico, mm -hmm. even though it should... It, they end up making it an own goal, even though technically I think Shakiri could get, should get credit because this ball's on target. Yes. This ball is going in, but I understand why they give it as a Parada own goal because he really should clear this and he just makes a mess. So it's 1-1. I don't know where Quentin Westberg, the keeper, was either. 
just watching this ball get curved into his near post. But Shakiri celebrates. It's somehow 1-1 at halftime. And I think everyone was thinking, Joe, at the break in this game, okay, that was a very weird 45 minutes. Everybody take a big deep breath. Let's see if the fire can grind out a draw down a man. Let's just see out this game. Um, That is not what happened. No. It's not at all what happened. Um, Weirdly, the fire take the lead. In what might be Casper Shabilko's best moment of the season, he perfectly chests a ball down, and Myron Holly Selassie just puts his foot through one. And, oh, my goodness, the fire up 2-1. Now it's like, okay, they're going to park it. What's going on? But a moment for Myron Holly Selassie, who... You know, it's really unfortunate that Chris Mueller, we have failed to mention this so far, he had season-ending surgery. We love you, Chris. Uh, Chris, great Chicago. Schaumburg native? Schaumburg native. Uh, um, and, you know, just a guy who's been a great spark, and he's out for the year. But, man, Hallie Salase continues to just exceed all expectations. What a strike on this occasion. Best edition already of the offseason. You, you got to give credit to this Alliance with Lugano. They figured something out. They Move the money around. Play, whatever. Whatever <laughs> it takes in this league that we can get in the roster rules through, or the mm. money. It's stupid. It's a, it, it's it is dumb. It, but it but if the rules are dumb, use the dumb rules to your exactly. advantage. Exactly. This young man is so confident. And you can see it growing in him. I made a joke to him yesterday. Oh, now just scoring goals. This is what you do now. He's like, yes, I, I'm getting ready to it. I'm ready to uh, get it. And Shabelko, perfect absolutely gorgeous chest down <laughs> another perfect pass from Shakiri. Mm-hmm. Like, hockey assist for Jordan Shakiri. Uh, and just from 60 yards away to a perfect chest and then it, with these strikers now it's about let's get some good shots on goal and that's what Haile Selassie's been doing mm-hmm. recently and 2-1 fire we, we were feeling good uh for a second yeah that lasted only a few <laughs> minutes because here comes our second bad defensive picture of this game Yorkos Yakamakis comes on as a sub he scores almost immediately for Atlanta and we're going to take a look at the screen for those of you watching uh for those of you just listening there's an Atlanta player in all sorts of space ready to cross the ball two fire players are staring at him not marking him and Yakamakis is wide open through the middle. He also draws the attention of the two fire players on the opposite side. And our good friend Andrew Gutman, for the second time <laughs> in the episode, is standing on the far side with his hands up, indicating how open he is. Uh, what happens is this ball gets crossed. It goes to Gutman. Everybody on the fire back line watches. Gutman has a free header to a wide open Yakamakis. It's like his first touch since coming on the field, which like from the moment he steps off the bench after what he did to the fire a couple weeks ago felt inevitable. But I think the biggest thing here is just Miguel Navarro just totally, totally, as this play goes on, falls asleep. This ball comes in and Yakamakis is just standing there. Shehos moves over at least into the space and Navarro's just standing on the edge of the six watching it all happen. And I mentioned it in the first game. Teams are teams are picking up on yep. this. Like this is this is a feature of what teams are doing against the fire. They seem to know that basically no matter who is in that back left defensive spot, that's a weak point for the fire. And I mean, again, maybe Frank Klopas is limited by his personnel. Miguel Navarro's not a great one-on-one defender like that. Aceves, clearly not his game either. Dean, when he's healthy, has been decent, but he's right-footed. The fire got to figure something out, though, because it cannot be this easy, easy to continually just overload down the opposition right side. Yeah, I never want to see Yorios uh, Yakimakis ever again. No, uh, like, enough of that, please man. get out of here. Uh, like, we don't want you in Chicago. Unless you want to play for the fire, then please, like, you'd be great. We could get two Yorios oh, uh, strikers in town. Uh, and then no, none of the broadcasters will still not know how to uh, pronounce their names. Yep. Either way, it's just rotations, 10 men. Uh, Navarro doesn't play it well. I don't think Pineda particularly rotated very well on that one either. And this is what happens when you're down a man. You can only do so much. And as soon as you think the momentum's there, it was gone just like that. And it was a crazy game. This this was just so fun. The Atlanta people in the press box were enjoying it. It's just too much. But yeah, Yakamakis, get out of here, man. Yeah, he scores again a few minutes later. (laughs) The fire turned the ball over. And then just the fire put on a clinic of how not to hold a defensive line. She hosts retreats. Pineda and Navarro both see forward, go forward, and the result is just a very easy through ball play to Yakamakis, who rounds Brady, scores easily. 3-2 Atlanta. 
this game feels totally over in the 67th minute. And if anything, it felt like this was only going to get worse. Yeah, then I'm looking at my notes and I just wrote, oh, not again. Yeah. Right there because you com- combined Yakamakis. It was too easy. I mean, the way he got around Brady, can't blame him. Brady did the right thing, the high percentage thing to try to tackle him right there. But it was just another breakdown and it was as simple as, well, are we going to push or are we not going to, or are we going to drop? And it seemed like we didn't do either. The fire didn't do either. Mm-hmm. And there's a matter of urgency that comes along with that, but also it's where then do those subs come in? Cause it's around, you know, minute 58. There really needed to be some subs at that point, but as we'll get into it with the open cup, there's just a lot of a lot things. going on. Yeah. A lot going on. So the fire handed a very weird lifeline. Uh, Araujo, <laughs> who was sold by Atlanta the week before this, but he can't leave until the transfer window opens, gets two yellow cards in three minutes. Just a big yep. time. I want to go home performance in the second half from that guy. So suddenly it's 10 apiece. With 20 minutes to go, the rest of the game's kind of crazy. And then 89th minute, Yorios Kutsias, another Yorios Greek striker, scoring in this game. He scores his first goal for the fire. A mad scramble of a goal befitting the game. It ends 3-3. Um, Joe, what the hell do we take from this game? Because on the one hand, the team showed good fight under duress. On the other hand, you just write it off because the thing that created the situation was a bad call that got Fetty Navarro sent off. What What were your feelings at the end of this? Like, what do you even take out of this? At least they got a point. Yeah, that, that's it. If you're going to go down to 10 men, you're going to give up those goals to Yakamakis multiple times. Mm-hmm. Just be happy with a point, which is unfortunately kind of the theme at this point of the year. But it was so frustrating. You seemed like you had all these things going for you. And then a couple mistakes just do you in. And especially when you know it's going to be Yakamaki's going into the game, you know it's going to be Almeida creating. It just becomes so much more frustrating when that script gets followed. And yeah. at least Kutsia scored. This kid's, I think he's something special. He, he does seem to have that spark yeah. to him. And we're going to talk more about his contributions this week. We are halfway through our game breakdowns and that means it is time to tell you once again that chgo fire is sponsored by DraftKings. the nba finals are finally set denver has been waiting around for what feels like absolutely forever but the miami heat don't blow the 3-0 lead <laughs> and they will face the denver nuggets in the nba finals and you can join in on the nba finals action with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba new customers can place a five dollar bet and score two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can place a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code CHGO only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope and Y467369 in Kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas 21 over in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire 7 days after issuance opt in and 7 plus leg requested for a 100% boost eligibility Wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. U.S. Open Cup. Fire 2. That was great. I'm sorry. You yeah. deserve a compliment. Yeah, I try to uh, recreate because if you in most situations when you hear those ads, they read them normal speed oh, and then it. speed them up in yep. post. No, no, no. We're doing it live here oh, on yeah. CHGO Fire, so I'm, I'm doing my best... Uh, really fast talker imitation there. Anyway, U.S. Open Cup in Austin. Fire 2, Austin FC 0. First of all, elite kit matchup in this game. The uh, the Austin green and black, or the Verde in black, I guess we should say for Austin Sorry, FC. Sorry, Austin, we're not and trying to defend you. fire away kit, the light blue shorts, those white with red and blue accented jerseys. This just aesthetically looked amazing. And the fire named a team that was just as strong as the Jersey matchup, only exception being Spencer Ritchie, continues to get all the cup games in goal. Kai Kamara returns, missing a couple of games injured. And so we're going to talk more at the end of this recap of this game about this, Joe, but it's really clear here. Frank Klopas going for it. And once again, the fire's opposition in the Open Cup, much like St. Louis the week before, 
Austin naming a bit of a rotated team here. This was not their strongest 11. Um, we're going to continue and maybe put a cap on the Fetty Navarro conversation here because in the second minute, he actually does commit the foul right on the edge of the area this time and concede what ended up concedes what ends up being Austin's best chance of the game, a free kick that Ragoni just curves wide. Do we need to have a conversation about Fetty? Because you talked about how he's fun, he's energetic. We saw last year, I think, the best version of him, which is both he's kind of buzzing around in an N'Golo Conte sense, breaking stuff up, but he's also willing to push forward and wants to contribute into the attack. It feels like in these few games since he's been back from injury, that scale's a little tilted toward the reckless tackling side and not as much to the well-placed spurts of energy side. And, and it's creating some problems for the fire, and he's picking up yellow cards right and left. Yeah, both he and Jimenez mm -hmm. in the pivot position have been picking up too many yellows. Jimenez has already been suspended because of it. And Navarro needs to decide, because all these tackles have been relatively similar. They're yeah. towards the edge of the penalty area. You know the striker, the attacker, is going to uh, dive forward no matter what with that contact. It's the right soccer play, mm -hmm. the right move. So, it seems to me the layman who never really played soccer <laughs> like a really easy fix. I imagine it's not. Probably not. Mentally, especially, just to tell yourself not to do that at the last second because you've been this good your entire life. You're mm -hmm. able to do this. Having said that, yes, this is a problem. He can't <laughs> be doing this because he is such a valuable part of the team at that pivot position, but also... He needs to save his tactical yellows for the second half. Yeah, we can't have these first five minutes of the game yep. yellow cards. Yep. This this really cannot be a thing. I actually I don't think you got a yellow for this one, but just the number early in games. Yep. It seems like in the first twenty minutes of every game, he commits about three of these. Yes, and now instead of being able to be smart and tactical about fouls, now he knows he's walking a tightrope for the next seventy minutes, and that's just not a good way to play defense collectively, let alone individually. On the brighter side, the theme of this first half, Shakiri ended up getting man of the match in this game and well-deserved. He is just pinging passes everywhere. And the most impressive thing, I think, is it's not him from an attacking position always. Okay. We're seeing Jordan Shakiri voluntarily drop deeper, pick up the ball from defenders, take a few touches forward, and then just drop dimes. Um, we have enough data at this point. He's just not the same player right now under Frank Klopas that he was under Ezra Hendrickson. And whatever the reason for that is, it's been a noticeably different Jordan Shakiri in the last couple of weeks. Everything I've gotten from the team, from his teammates, from when he's willing to speak, is that it's he's feeling good physically. It was really a health issue. And especially your first year adjusting to some of these turf fields in Major League Soccer, it, it takes a toll on your body. You had the World Cup for him last year. Mm -hmm. Decisions had to be made. I don't really blame him. But I think he's simply healthy. The tracking back on defense, that creates all the offense because mm -hmm. he's he's not looking up. He's not taking that extra touch. He's just going with it, and he's sending it to Casper Shabilko. He's sending it to Goody. He's sending it to uh, Haile Selassie, and... I, he's finally confident here. It seems like he's enjoying the game more. It seems like he's maneuvering the game more, the way he's talking to refs. He's saying, I'm Jaredon Shakiri. Give me these calls. You've seen me on the biggest of stages. Mm -hmm. I make $8.5 million. You are not this. You ref, you will not do the Champions League games that I have played in. There's yeah. no, not everyone's Ismail Elfath here. All right? <laughs> Shout so, out to America's only referee at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Oh, the best person who puts his arm around everybody. Yes. It makes me laugh so hard. But Shakiri just, it seems like something's clicked. In training, it's been something else. He's always warming up. It seems like every time I've been there with the young guys who are uh, jumping between fire and fire two, Misael, Rodriguez, Monis, uh, Javi Casas, a couple of those guys really mm -hmm. making an effort. And it's kind of bringing his energy up too because you can see these guys who he's working with are trying to prove something. Is How would you not around this all-world player who's right. seen everything? Yeah, he's been a, a bright light, and on one of these great passes so in the good. 27th minute, the fire get a corner after a good Shakiri ball, and Rafa Shiho scores a very weird goal. He heads the ball, looping like a rainbow, up over everyone, and the Austin defense can do nothing uh, but watch the ball go into the back of the net. Joe, are we sure that somebody in his youth development in Germany didn't make a mistake 
in casting him as a center back rather than a striker because it really seems like Rafa Shiho's wishes he was a striker or like a fullback somewhere where he can really go and do the things he, <laughs> I think Rafa Shiho's biggest problem is a def- or, uh, is being a defender is that he's such a leader and he's such a vocal guy and everyone seems to want to really get behind him and he understands the game so well that you kind of need him in the back because he is like having that other coach and that's what all, everyone on that team has said. Frank said that, Ezra said that mm-hmm. before he was gone. CJ's mentioned that. It really is the way that he operates. But yeah, the, the quality he has on such few opportunities is shocking. In any league, if your defender is producing this many opportunities, you'd be thrilled. <laughs> Nevertheless, in MLS where this is she hosts, you know, Borderline Bundesliga player, more or less Bundesliga two, three for most of his career before coming to the States. I think he's legitimately happy in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He, him and his family love living here. And he's becoming a better player because of it. These young guys really look up to him. And mm-hmm. I very much enjoy watching it. But the way he's been moving up, someone screwed up because we need to get him a shot every game. Yeah. Uh, in the next 50 minutes of this game, basically nothing happens. Uh, the fire continue to be up 1-0. Austin continue to do basically nothing with the ball. Uh, a couple subs get made midway through the second half. Jairo Torres returns to the field. We also see Fabian Herbers come on as a winger here. And in the 75th minute, maybe Shakiri's best pass of the night results in Jairo Torres hitting the post. Really good look for Jairo. Wanted that for him. But then two minutes later, the fire double their lead. A great pass from Torres to Shakiri. Uh, in the area results in a Shakiri shot from a tough angle, which is saved, rebounds right back to him. He takes a breath, looks up, slots it across for Casper Shabilko, who passes it into an open net. And what a great moment this was. The fire realized in this moment they had sealed the win. Nice moment for Shabilko to get another goal. And Shakiri, for all his excellent play in this game, finally actually gets on the stat sheet with an assist. And deservedly so. He had such a good run. Great recovery. You mentioned when we say Shakiri takes a second, it's quicker than anybody in the league's taking a second because it's just so clinical in the way he operates. And the fact that he and Shabilko, they're always talking. It seems like they're screaming at each other when you watch it. I actually very much enjoy watching their relationship go on the field because it's clear there's a level of excellence that both of them want to be getting to. And mm-hmm. When Shakiri's producing, Shabilko's producing, and I don't think that that is a coincidence. So, as I mentioned off the top of the lineup, it's pretty clear that the Fire are prioritizing the U.S. Open Cup, and we'll have to wait till the break in the summer to see if they do the same with League's Cup as they languish outside the playoff places in MLS. So, we posed a question on Twitter to Fire fans yesterday. Is it the right thing to do for the Fire to prioritize the U.S. Open Cup? And I've got to say, Joe, I was a little surprised with how slanted this result was. It's 77% say that it would be a successful season if the Fire won the Open Cup and missed the playoffs again. So that's 77% yes, 22% no. I am torn here, Joe, because on the one hand, the Fire have not won a trophy in a very long time, and the U.S. Open Cup means a lot to this club. On the other hand, when nine teams in the conference make the playoffs, and there's a whole lot of mediocre soccer teams at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, it's a log jam between about seventh and last place. It feels like the fire should be able to do both. You should be able to prioritize the Open Cup, but still get enough points to sneak into that ninth spot. It would be really upsetting if they couldn't, right? Between the talent, between the amount of points they've lost from winning positions already this year. I'm just looking at the standings right now. They're in 12th, the fire with a game in hand on some of these guys. Uh, DC United, one of the teams in front of them. Come on. I mean, Benteke and who else? Montreal, get out of here. Columbus. They've cooled off considerably. Yeah. Montreal that hot run and then have gone right back hurtling to earth. Yeah, and then you've got Columbus in New York City in front of the, uh, the fire. Okay, those are solid teams, but you can't tell me the way they've played Charlotte, the way they've played Atlanta recently. These are playoff teams. Philadelphia, fabulous efforts against them. How can you not do both? You've got squad depth. That's the one thing the fire have. If they can year. get healthy, they yes. absolutely. They have some squad depth. There's some real talent in this youth organization with the youth players in this organization. And the keepers, you got health at keeper. You've got a Spencer Ritchie. You've got a Jeff Gall even on the bench who made a fabulous saver of the weekend for fire too. <laughs> that you've got the opportunity to do both. And admittedly, I, I have a, a fascination with the Open Cup, but 
existentially no you want to make the playoffs your team wants to make the playoffs it helps the ticketing department if mm. you make the playoffs it helps soldier field you don't tell me soldier field doesn't want to host well i mean i don't know if soldier field wants to host an mls playoff game but yeah now by the time the bears are around that field's going to be a uh, going to be a real mess in playoff season but hey i think the fire fans would still take hosting it they'd also love to host a u.s open cup final which is a thing that is possible given this the fire uh they'll play houston next that's next Tuesday, June 6th. The winner of that plays the winner of, I believe, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, but don't no, excuse me, no. The fire on the Western half. So the winner of that will play the winner of Real Salt Lake and LA Galaxy. Oh, yay. Uh, LA Galaxy on kind of the fire line of throwing away the season and just going for the Open Cup. So that could be interesting if both teams win their quarterfinal games. So, a Shakiri masterclass. Hyro Tor is looking really good off the bench. There was a lot to feel good about coming out of that Open Cup game. So, of course, it is time to bring expectations back down to earth. But before we talk about how everything kind of fell apart and back to normal against New England, CHGO Fire is sponsored by Game Time Taking the stress out of buying tickets to last-minute events. We are in the heart of summer Festival season, lots of good options there. Taylor Swift is coming to town this weekend, and that is going to be a bloodbath of a battle to get tickets into those three shows this weekend. I've used game time this year to get White Sox tickets on a couple of occasions. There were cheap Cubs tickets this weekend, despite it being beautiful outside. Also, the White Sox have two more games against the Angels if you want to go see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Oh, I'm going tonight, and I got them on game time. Are you kidding me? Maybe there we go. Year. Because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the event you're going to and the fun you will have there. There's flash deals and last-minute tickets available, and it's easy to find and buy tickets. No extra logging in, no going off the app to another site. It's all really easy and right there. Lowest price guaranteed, even cancel protection job loss protection all of that game time is the place for last minute ticket deals and is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and buy tickets of in a matter of seconds so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code chgo for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code chgo for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed it is also time joe for the DraftKings pick of the week and the seasons in europe are coming to a close and it looks like pep guardiola's manchester city may be closing in on a historic treble so this week's DraftKings pick of the week if you look at the odds for man city against manchester united in the fa cup final this coming saturday and against inter milan in the champions league final the following saturday if you parlay man city to win both games in regulation that will get you an odds of plus 102 so getting plus money there for man city to take both of those games without extra time i don't know about you but the treble does kind of feel inevitable um, as a Chelsea supporter myself, rooting for Manchester United to break it up would feel a little weird. Um, and I guess in the Champions League final, I don't know, just Inter have had a good season, but I don't see them stopping the force that is the Erling Holland-led Manchester City. I think Inter is very happy to be there in the <laughs> finals and should be very happy that uh, Romelu Lukaku is even going to make an appearance. So that's great. City all the way. I don't believe in United. I think Ten Hag's overrated. And <laughs> yeah. Um, no, let's on with City. I mean, good for Pep. And now he can continue to act like he's better than all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I, I would say if if City lost the Champions League final because of a Romelu Lukaku goal off the bench, it would be hilarious. It's kind of like the one way I would feel pretty satisfied with Inter <laughs> winning that game. Anyway, speaking of a team that should have won a game and they didn't, hey, the Fire, where have we heard this before? Fire 3, New England 3, lots of rotation off the U.S. Open Cup game. Burks, Omsberg, Torres, Kutsias, Shabilko all come in. Halle Selassie is kind of playing right wing back with Kutsias and Shabilko more or less a front two. Sometimes you did see Kutsias pulling wide to the left. Um, wasn't sure how this was going to work. Felt like the fire were just going to New England, a tough opponent on the road and saying, hey, if we get a point, 
that would be great. We'll go in here, play a little defensive, try to get a point and get out of here. But it starts amazingly, and guess who? Jordan Shakiri. We talked about a lot of good Shakiri passes in this episode. This was his best one of the week, of the two weeks. A dime from deep, over the top. Kutsius gets in behind, applies a great finishing touch. And Joe, you referenced how he's special earlier in the episode. This goal is a perfect example of why I want to see more Yorgos Kutsius playing as an out-and-out striker. He collects a gorgeous pass from 70 yards like it's nothing. One of the hardest things to do in soccer. That first touch, gorgeous. It gets behind the defender, maintains control, which is not easy, and on turf, so not a familiar surface, and then the strike. That strike was gorgeous. The power behind it bounces it perfectly past the keeper. Georgi Petrovic, maybe the best keeper in MLS, just was rooted to his spot. No chance. Nothing. He's so much power. We haven't seen this. We talked about Shabilko not really having that quality. Kamara, we're needing him on set pieces and headers. That's really where he's at. Creating something from distance where you have a striker that can get a shot and that will at least create a rebound opportunity is something the Fire haven't had all year. And Mm -hmm. we got to be realistic. Yorios is 19. Yeah. Don't put too much pressure on the guy. He's learning a new language. He's traveling to America for the first time in his life. Like, give him some time. Yeah, certainly one for the future. But he's so good. And if, and if he continues to score goals like this, it's going to affect the Fire's transfer policy in the offseason. Yes. How important is a designated player number nine? Or do you want Kutis to get those reps? Yep. Assuming that Shabilko's definitely not going to be back next year. And Kai Kamara, we'll see how he's feeling at his age 39 season if he still wants to hang around. Uh, the Fire end up up 2-0 somehow. An own goal by Andrew Farrell. Great work again by Kutsius. Works down the left side. This is one of those times where he was kind of pulling out wider as a winger. Puts a very dangerous ball in. Farrell puts it in his own net. It's 2-0. And a situation, and we're going to pull up a tweet here from a friend of the podcast, Jake Payne, who's been tweeting this out a lot recently. It's just been a situation where when the Fire lead, sometimes you're happy. But when the fire lead, it's also easy to get very, very nervous because it feels like, you know, what's the joke? A 2-0 lead in soccer is the most dangerous lead in sports. That seems especially true for the Chicago Fire. Two gold leads are the worst thing. It's it's for the fire. It's for everyone. And at least this one we can be positive about one of the goals that went in for them. But 2-0 up, you're on the road, you're feeling great after 25 minutes. I'm just looking down to see what numbers I had and what stats, and it was just, everything was going perfectly. And then it wasn't, yep. because finally New England does what we'd kind of love to see from the fire, which is taking shots from some distance, and yeah, Noel Buck in the 38th minute. Oof, yeah, no, <laughs> Noel Buck, who controversially was not released by New England to go to the U-20 World Cup. Yep. Though the U.S. have been fine without him, they take on New Zealand this afternoon in their round of 16 matchup. This comes off a Pineda turnover, trying to dribble out from the back. But once Buck hits this shot, nothing anybody was going to do about it. Just an absolute golazo from the teenager. Really one of the, if not the, breakout star in terms of young American players in Major League Soccer this season. Not a guy who was on a lot of people's radars coming into 2020. But now he's a guy who you wouldn't be shocked if he ended up getting a, you know, a gold cup call up later this summer. There's a value in playing for Bruce Arena. He will teach you how to play some really solid ball. And look, Noel Buck has a lot of talent. He was great controlling the ball. He was great at creating opportunities and operating in space to be able to take that kind of banger attempt even at his age that's a confidence that not a lot of players have in major league soccer and sometimes you'd say that's irrational no it was gorgeous it was what needed to happen for them it stunk for the fire but at least for the neutral who is it a fun goal to watch so it's 2-1 it's like okay nothing we're gonna do about that we're fine no, we're not. Uh, 40th minutes. Not me if you've heard this one before. The fire can't mark on a set piece. Corner, header flicked on. Bunch of fire players don't jump. They just look at the ball, loop over their heads. Bobby Wood, U.S. legend Bobby Wood, does jump, and it's 2-2. And there is that tweet from Jake. The fire have a lead. Oh, no, the fire have a lead. And <laughs> you saw this coming a mile away. Uh, I think he's used to this meme like three or four times yep. now because it's just evergreen at uh, at this point. So it's 2-2 at halftime. So, we're, we, you know, we've seen this before. You're starting over. It's like, okay, 
45 new minutes. Let's let's try this again. We've just basically played 90 minutes of fire soccer in the first 45. Clean slate. New England almost take the lead early in the second half. Veroni gets one-on-one with Brady. Big save by Brady. I don't think Veroni makes the right choice here. He tries to go between Brady's legs, and Chris Brady makes like a butterfly hockey goalie save with his right knee. Chris has really continued to look confident this season. Again, there was those bumps early, which were expected, but we've gone several games without one of them now. And so I think Chris looks comfortable at this point in this role. Don't question Chris Brady's confidence. Mm-hmm. I, the only time I've, he's gotten mad at me was the third time consecutively I asked him about his confidence. He's like, I'm confident. <laughs> it's my job. This is what I'm here for. I'm prepared. Joe, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> I am confident at what I do. And he's 19. It's insane that the Fire have been able to get two of these keepers back to back. Yeah. And you wouldn't guess he's 19 from how he behaves. Spencer Richie was telling me last week that this kid, he knows what he doesn't know which is so valuable for a young person. I know what I was like when I was 19. I did not admit what I didn't know. No, no. He's a professional at every level, and the way he made that kick save, gorgeous. So the fire then, credit where it's due, do figure it out, and they get back in the lead. Marin Holly Selassie is on fire, pun absolutely intended. A great cross by Brian Gutierrez, a slight touch, maybe by Kai Kamara. I think he was maybe trying to dummy this and ends up working out fine because he makes contact, but the ball doesn't really change direction. And then just bang for the second time in this episode, a left-footed finish this time by Marin Holly Selassie, and the fire get the lead back. For all of four minutes. Uh, so, again, Halle Selassie continues to look really good. But here comes the deja vu. This is going to be our final picture up on screen for you watching this weekend. All right. So, on screen, for those listening, what we're seeing here is there's a yellow arrow pointed um, at Romney, the center back, who is going to win the initial header and flick it on. No one's marking him. He's jumping all by himself. And then at the back post are both Rironi and... Uh, old friend here, might have forgotten about him, might have not known he was in MLS, Josie Eltador, also at the back post. Alonzo Aceves uh, has two of them to deal with. He doesn't mark either of them. They both kind of just ghost in behind him. Uh, Aceves, buddy, just, you know, Rafa Shihos should also probably be doing a bit better here to realize that the fire defensively have the numbers in front of him and that the two tall dudes are standing behind him. So it's not even a clean goal. Veroni and Altador almost make a mess of this and get in each other's way. Altador sweeps it in. Chris Brady, obviously very mad at uh, his defense's marking. This is becoming absolutely a theme. And this game ends 3-3. And as we mentioned off the top, Joe, it feels like the Fire are a better soccer team than they were a few weeks ago. And yet they are the exact same soccer team (laughs) that they were a few weeks ago. They're two points off the playoffs. And only one point off last place because MLS. Yep, and it's the way it has to be. So it's going to be an incredibly exciting week. Toronto, and then, well, we get to see what happens in Cincinnati again after that (sighs) uh, chaos-inducing game that uh, happened earlier in the year. Yeah, things don't get easier here for the fire. Although, so tomorrow, Wednesday, as we take a look at the upcoming schedule, tomorrow on Wednesday, they're at Toronto. What a mess that team is right now. Shout out to the reporting of the likes of uh, Poltonorio, Tom Bogart at The Athletic. Yep. Um, if you if you missed it, the synopsis is Lorenzo Insigne and Bernadeschi signed for Toronto for a bunch of money. Rob, Bob Bradley signed them. Bob Bradley yep. was instrumental to them signing. And less than a year later, they are trying to get Bob Bradley fired and complaining about his son being on the team. His son is 35 <laughs> years old. What is the Michael Bradley is 35 years old, doesn't really play at this point. I think he's in England this week yep. getting a special second opinion done on a surgery he might be having. So, like, that's it's the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Also, apparently, Bernadeschi keeps vaping on airplanes and won't stop doing it, which is equal parts funny and very dumb. So maybe this is the time to play Toronto. I don't know. But that's up first tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it is tonight, 630 p.m. on Apple MLS season pass Saturday fire travel to Cincinnati and TQL stadium against league leaders FC Cincinnati. Uh, They won one zero over the weekend. They are really, really good right now. That game could be tough. That is absolutely a, if you get a point on the road game, that's a fantastic result, but it'll be interesting to see how Frank Klopas approaches that because just three days after that game, Tuesday, June 6th, 
against the Houston Dynamo in the U.S. Open Cup. That's at SeatGeek Stadium at 7.30 p.m. Uh, you can see on our graphic here, if you're watching, I've got CBS Golazo slash Bleacher Report. I haven't seen that confirmed yet, but uh, the CBS Golazo Network picked up the fire against Austin game. They're showing at least one Open Cup game unless they overlap, so it should definitely be the case that that game will be available. And Joe's pulling up the U.S. Soccer website, which currently has CBS Sports Golazo, which is a free 24-hour soccer channel. This is not an ad, but a really awesome thing that CBS is doing. So that's Tuesday, the J- June 6th, excuse me, against Houston. And then finally, Saturday, 6-10 versus Columbus, 7.30 p.m. That's at Soldier Field. And on Apple MLS Season Pass, that's a weird one because Columbus started the year as a really good-looking team. Wilfred Nancy living up to coaching expectations. They have struggled recently. So, again, maybe you're playing them at the right time. Things do not get any easier for the fire. But the big one there is Houston Dynamo in Open Cup. And that's probably going to be the first time we see the fire play another MLS team who is going to field out their best 11 for that game because quarterfinals kind of feel like the zone where you start to believe even if it's not a priority for you as a team that you can do it again it's the fire against houston la galaxy against real salt lake on the eastern half of the bracket there are two usl teams the birmingham legion and the pittsburgh riverhounds uh really exciting game pittsburgh taking on cincinnati that should be really awesome. I'm interested to see. I'm hopeful that Cincinnati allots a decent amount of tickets for Pittsburgh fans because they've been so supportive at home. That's kind of, and that is local enough that I'd expect a lot of fans to travel from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati to see that game. In addition to the fire game, of course, that is the one I will have my eyes on. And what a thing it would be if we got a couple more cup sets and had two USL championship teams battling for a spot in the Open cup final but we will have all of that to talk about on the next episode of chgo fire two weeks from today but until then i'm alex campbell thank you to joe chats check him out on on tap sportsnet he is embedded as anyone is around the fire these days he's at a lot of training sessions he's at every game he's at fire two games so make sure you're following joe joe where can the people find you uh joe chats at twitter and at joe chat sports on instagram don't dm me please Fair enough. So, but do follow him. He's doing a lot of good content. And again, following the team this year and providing coverage in a way very few other people are. But for now, again, I'm Alex Campbell. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks.